Welcome to another episode of Sales with Aslan. I am your host, Tom Stanfield, with my trusty sidekick and the best co-host in podcast business, Mr. Tab Norris. Tab, how are you doing today? Good, my friend. Good to be here and uh, glad to see my friend Chris White back. He back. took us up, you know, he, he you know, took us up on all the travel expenses we paid for him. He's back in the building virtually. He's back in the, <laughs> he's joining us virtually. Um, yeah. So if you, if you didn't, if you didn't listen to the last episode, you definitely got to go back and uh, catch part one of this interview with Chris White. We're talking about his new book, The Six Habits of Highly Effective Sales Engineers. And uh, Tab, we were so blown away by what he was sharing on part, part uno. Yes, that, it, that uh, we had to go to part do. Did you notice how I yeah. just mixed two languages? Yes, there? and then bring a little uh, Hungarian in there too. Maybe I don't know. You're so I love when you go world do travel, the linguistics, world travel, do. all that stuff. Yeah. He, he mixed two languages. We're just not sure which one. We don't know which ones they yeah. were. <laughs> so we introduced Chris on the last podcast. He's he's been in sales leadership for 15 plus years. He's been on the front lines for 10 years. He's been an entrepreneur for four years. He's an author. His book's killing it. He's an amazing guy. He uh, he leads workshops, consults with businesses all over the world. Uh, he paints, he sculpts, he writes, he, uh, what else? He's a cook, he's a chef, he's a renaissance man. Don't, don't uh, forget, yes. I can help you with your, what was it, the skin irritation? Yes. No, that was, no, 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 don't you start was, coming I, into my business now, Chris. <laughs> I own that market. I love it at parties. So, I mean, it's all yours. <laughs> yeah, we were talking, the last you. podcast we were talking about, both are doctors, Tab's doctor, uh, doctor, I don't know what you're a doctor of, but uh, just... Dr. Tab Norse is what I always call you. Right. And, and Chris was at a the company called the uh, Demo Doctor. So they they talk, they talk shop for a bit. We talk shop a little bit. But anyway, <laughs> we digress. So let's get back on topic. You know, just a yeah. quick reminder of the habits. We got partner. Mm -hmm. We're going to partner, which is foundational. We're going to have to probe. You, you said last week, the most critical of the habits, then we're going to prepare, make sure we spend our time getting prepped and ready. Then we practice, spend a little time, click through everything, then perform and perfect. And I believe when we left off, we were double clicking into perform yeah. and um, having some really good conversations. That's why we decided to make this a part two. So let's, uh, let's just pick back up right there. Tom, you had a question. I think we stopped. I did. Well, I'm super interested in this perform, I'm in, which, you know, or maybe the listeners, it's maybe just easier to talk about the presentation. It's not the habit, but it's it's when we're we're on stage, we're making the presentation because I think that's where people struggle the most. Uh, I think the other habits may even be more important because the reason that we struggle with perform is because we didn't do the other, we didn't, uh, we haven't developed the other habits, which I love the points you made on part one. But but when we get into the perform, maybe that's where we see the problems, right? Where we become aware of the gaps. Um, but that's, that's a scary, that's a scary thing to do. You know, we're, we're, we're on stage. I'm saying that metaphorically in most cases, but oh, this, the, you know, we're, everybody's looking at us and sometimes it's even more difficult when we're meeting virtually. So I found it. So I wanted to talk about some of the things that you shared in the book. One of the things you said is confused mind always says no. I love that. That is awesome. That's one of your best. <laughs> that's one yeah. of Cause, cause well, and I'm, I'm, I've been known by some people to say that I can be confusing. <laughs> Who would ever say that? No Tom? one, I, you know, I, 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 just, I don't know why people might even, I think they're wrong. I think all of them are wrong. <laughs> 
it's what Tom, Tom, let me just clarify when you're, mm. when you have the brilliance that you have, there, that's what it's I just say, sometimes yeah. you need a simpleton like myself, your sidekick <laughs> to come alongside you and just bring it, dumb it on down. Cause that's what I do really well. My wife uh, tells me that all the time. Uh, no, <laughs> well, and so I'm interested to learn because I think, I think, I think one, it's because you can either have too much information or you, and it can be either, you know, too much, or you have too much in your head. Um, I, I think there's all kinds of reasons why, you know, we can confuse people. We may, you know, we may start too far down in the process. We talked about that in the last one, but I would look, I was interested to hear from you, the expert, what are some things that we can do practically to make sure that we don't confuse people? Anything yeah. Tips yeah. There's, there's, there's my, as you, as you guys were chatting, I mean, my mind was firing in so many directions. First of all, Tab, I, I have to, I have to, I have to say, in fact, I'm, I'm afraid to admit that what you just said is true. It's because Tom's such an expert that, yes. that he, that he confused, because that's actually true. I mean, in our, in our first conversation together, I said another, another name for the book could have been don't let your expertise get right. in the way yes. of engaging with your audience. Right. right. And, and, and we, the other thing we talked about in, in last com in our last conversation was, you know, the, the biggest mistake that we make, right. The, the, the biggest problem with your product demonstration is it's, it's all about your product. Right. right? So the, I think, I think the moment we stop thinking so much about ourselves and our product and, and, and our pitch and our, our words, and we start focusing more on the customer immediately, some of that mm. pressure comes off of us. And why is it that we confuse our, our audience, there, there's, there's a number of reasons. First of all, we, we do, we know more than most, in most cases, we know yeah. more about our own. That's solution, why we're there. Right. Ex yeah. Exactly. And we tend to go overboard, right? Right. It does begin in the prepare phase. And, and, and again, we, we mentioned your recent interview with Kelly Talamo, which, yeah. and by the way, folks, if you, if you, if any of you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that. I mean, that is just yeah, fabulous. He's, he's a phenomenal. He's a great communicator. Right. Uh, and, and by the way, guys, I mean, he had the three D's. I don't know if you, you recall, you know, you had discover design and deliver. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's basically habits two, three, and five uh, yep. out of my framework. Right. Which is pro prepare and, and perform. Right. right. So, and, and, you know, he talked about this and I say this too, success in the, in the presentation, success in the meeting is as much about what happens before the meeting as it is what happens during the meeting, right? So, so we need to make sure that we're prepared. But that being said, when we do have get that opportunity, first of all, we need to, to watch our audience, right? We need mm -hmm. to, to, to keep our finger on the pulse of the audience which admittedly is more difficult now than it was before because we're doing, you know, we're doing things through zoom and online meetings. Right. right? And, and one of my rules of thumb, which I'm about to do in a minute, if I've heard myself talk for more than two or three minutes, I literally push my own pause button yeah. and seek some feedback, right? Yeah. Ask a question. Does this make sense? Right. Are you following along? It's funny. In fact, I think, I think uh, Kelly said something about this, this idea of a journey, right. And taking people along for journey. Yeah. I have an analogy and it's a silly analogy, but I, I, I liken a demo to a railroad. Mm -hmm. Now, what do I mean by a railroad? Hmm. Imagine you get everybody on board the train 
before you leave the first station, right? Set expectations, get everybody. Then you, you leave the first station, you arrive at the next station, right? That's your first big point that you're trying to make. You let everybody out, take a look around, ask right. any questions you might want to ask, then get everybody back on board before we leave that station to the next station, right? You bring your, your audience along the ride. They may like you, they may like your solution, but if we lost them 15, if we left them behind 15 minutes ago, you're talking to no one. We, we, we do not have what I like to call a technical win. So yeah. that, that's, that's a, a critical part is this is about them. Are they mm. still along for the journey? Right. right. If you yeah. arrive at your destination mm -hmm. and you're the only one there <laughs> because you've <laughs> lost, you've left everyone behind. Yeah. Fail. Yeah. That's really good. That's really yeah, good. You know, one of the ways you talked about hitting the pause button, Chris, when you, when you're talking for a certain period of time, thing that I try to remind myself and I'm in a presentation is, and, even, and I do this even, even when I'm um, in any situation is monologue, not dialogue, not monologue. Mm is we get into this monologue, like somebody says something, hey, tell me about your process. Yeah, tell me about your process. Tell me about this. And so then we go, we, you go, great. Here's my 10 minutes. Here's two minutes, whatever it is. A minute's a long time on your process versus, well, you guys have a, you know, we start at this stage, right? So how are you, you're, you guys are probably doing this. Well, this is how it works. Or you're currently doing this. You get a little feedback. So you kind of continue this dialogue versus this monologue and that ensures people that are on the on the train yeah 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 and and if i may uh, allow me to give three very specific techniques very yeah. specific yeah. sound bites yeah. number or, or, around this whole notion of not confusing your audience number okay. one explain but don't over explain okay yeah i saw that make your make your point and move on mm -hmm. number two don't assume they know your terminology mm -hmm. and in reverse, don't assume you understand theirs. Mm -hmm. And number three, and I, and I, and I, I ask all the people that, that I, that go through my workshops, please, the next time you're giving a presentation, a demonstration, please slow down. Right. Yeah, there are, down. there are no bonus points for speed. Well, I, Again, I, yeah, I struggle with that. Why, why do we rush through, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're, first of all, we probably showed up to the meeting with too much to say. That's right? it for me. Too many slides. Totally. Too many slides, right? We're trying to do too much with too little, right? Yeah. We're trying to make sure that we get all the our points in, right? Mm -hmm. Those three things will keep people along for the journey. That's really good. That's really good. Um, I, I, there was something else around perform that I wanted to double click into. I mean, Tom, are you done? You want to dig any more on, on that concept? Well, I did. I wanted to say something about the, the don't over explain real quick, uh, yeah. because I think there's a concept that's helpful. We talk about it internally as a Turkey thermometer. Yeah. Mm. You know, like when a Turkey's done, that thing kicks up that little red thing clicks that. So we always kind of think of like, you've explained it. Do they get it? You can, that's where you watch the body language. Like we got mm. it. Cause we get excited about telling them all the things we know about something. And like, and a lot of times, and I'm on the other end of a lot of presentations, a lot of times I'm looking for a one word answer. I'm not looking, uh, this isn't a topic that I want you to expound on. I just need to know, are you global? 
<laughs> the answer is yes. Then I want to say, this is back to monologue. Not the, the, the answer is then I need to say, well, how many countries are you in? And they say three. Does any, do you want to know which ones? And I'd say, no, uh, you know, or yes. <laughs> I just want to know if you're in France or whatever. Cause I speak yeah. many languages, obviously. Yes. Uh, so that's, I just wanted to, the, that idea of Turkey thermometer of like, when they get it, move on. Yeah. And well, well, and if I may, so I have two quick thoughts on that. Number yeah. one, the, the mistake that we made, the reason we tend to go deeper is we get to one of those aha moments, as I like to call them, and it seems as though it's not resonating. And what do we do? We go deeper. We explain, let me uh, say it in a different way, stopping. right? Versus just saying, you know, folks, it seems like that may not, you know, what I just showed is actually reasonably important. Did the significance of that come through? Right. Yeah, you're back yeah. to dialoguing. Yeah. Right. The, the second thing that comes to mind is I, I call it my check down system, also known as the three V's. When somebody asks a question, the mistake a lot of particularly sales engineers make, can the, can the, the solution do such and such? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Let me show you. Click, 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 click. <laughs> Three right? clicks, four clicks. And, yeah. and, and, and the person, you know, after five minutes, the person says, so the answer was yes. <laughs> right. right. That's your point, Tom. That's exactly right. That's it. So, 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 so what's my check? That, what's the check down system? Mm -hmm. Somebody yeah. asks one of these questions, verbal response first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. That, that a simple yes will, will oftentimes do it. Now, now maybe they want more, you know, like, well, could we see it? Just mm -hmm. show them visual evidence, right? They just yeah. need to see a drop down, right? Yeah, but can we see how it actually works? Well, now I have a decision to make. Is it is this an important point in the in the conversation? Right? Maybe then and only then do I go into vivid detail, mm -hmm. but yeah. only if it's warranted. Verbal response, visual evidence, vivid detail. Love it. Yeah, that's that's great. really good. That's good. That's yeah, good. Yeah, I was funny. I was I was in a you know out with a rep not long ago, and I was watching a. This was you know, obviously this was right before COVID, but, uh, but we were in person, you know, in a, in a conference room and the person was getting all fired up and doing their thing and did exactly what you're talking about. There was no check down. I'm sitting there in the back watching, going, please check, please check. Cause you, I could feel it. I could feel people just kind of going, you know, I'm, I'm lost. And, and we get done and the guy in the back raises his, he just, he's just, I don't even know how long he went, but he went a long time. It was very technical. And the guy raised his hand. He said, Hey, can we go back to that first point that you said? <laughs> <laughs> I just started laughing. Like, i.e., I didn't hear anything you just said for the last exactly. 12 minutes. Exactly. You you lost me. You left me at the first stage. <laughs> the train shot. Like, yeah, the, the train, train. He got off. He came got off, off and jumped off the tracks. And he goes, I hope that guy comes back. Yeah, I know. I know. That's good. That's beautiful. That's All right, good. Tab, you said you had a question about uh, yeah. uh, perform. Yeah. I, yeah, there was something in perform that I was very curious about. And, um, you know, I'm a delivery guy, you know, of course I sell, but I, I spent a lot of my time doing, you know, delivery, classroom delivery. And so I'm fascinated with delivery, whether it's sales, sales engineer or a trainer, you know, you know, as far as effective delivery goes, because you've worked with a wide range of folks, um, can it be learned? You know what I mean? Do you have any insights on that? Because I mean, I, I live in this dilemma all the time. Talk to me. Yeah, it's like you almost want to think like, can you teach people to be charismatic? Or yeah, is that like they born with that? Because it's easy to teach them content. Yep. It's, it's, it's I've, hard to teach I've, them. The, first of all, this is a question I've been asking myself pr probably for, for a decade plus, Tab. Mm -hmm. 
And, and I've come to believe that the answer is yes. Mm. Now, let me be very clear about a couple of things. Okay. Standing in front of a room and talking has always come naturally to me. And it's probably obvious to the listeners, they can't see me, but I'm one of these guys that waves his hands and get, gets all excited and, and animated. And, but the key point, there's, I think there's two or three key points. The okay. first is you have to be authentically yourself. Yeah. Do not, I think, I think the problem that people tend to have is they try to be somebody else. Yeah. And they, and, and as a result, they're, they're not natural and it comes across in authenticity. And we're drawn to authenticity, not, not just raw charisma. Exactly. And and I know, again, Kelly talked about this idea of the difference between, I think he said, are you communication oriented or performance oriented, right? So are you, are you thinking about yourself and your words and how you're coming across? Or are you sincerely thinking about the client or the customer or the audience, right? And what's important to them and, and, and sort of staying plugged into their temperature, right? And, and where they are. So, so, so so I actually, those two things. So first of all, if, if you're monotone or if you're a little bit more, you know, sort of laid back in your approach, just be yourself. If, you know, honestly, guys, I actually don't have the best sense of humor, right? Like I can say funny things in the moment, but if I try to be funny, I fail miserably, right? So that, right. that's just- that's So you don't just, open with a joke typically, you know, magic just, trick? I mean, well, actually I do a magic trick. That, that's a whole other conversation. That, that's a whole other conversation. If we, if we have time, if we have time at the end, I'll share, no, actually, I'll I do. share why yeah, I, do. I do the magic trick. I do you a back somersault. Story. I do a back somersault before I start. But, but I think we just need to be authentic. We need to be comfortable being our authentic self. Number one. Man, number that two, is such stay... a, we got to park on that. We need to, we need to just let that marinate for a second because that is, I think we all get a picture in our mind of what good presentation looks like. And yep. then we, then we try to become that. Uh, and I'm guilty of that. I think about, well, how would they do it? And I fill in, how would so-and-so do it? Then, then I, then the next following thought I have is, well, I can't do it that well, or I can't be them. And I wasn't mm-hmm. created to be them. And I think the audience, if, if we, and again, and this makes us the, the hero of the story and not the customer. If the listener's the hero of the story, they're going to be engaged. We're focused on the picture of us versus the picture of them. Yeah. It's like, we're looking at our Instagram picture saying, I don't like that. And they're going, I don't even looking at your link. I'm looking at my Instagram picture. <laughs> like, well, I think know, that, I think that's really great. You know, you know Tom, I'm, I'm inspired. I didn't expect to, to share the story, but I'm inspired to share the story. A very, very good friend of mine who I, I literally, I, I went to, I went to youth, youth group, you know, yeah. youth, youth group with him in, in junior high school. And yeah. we've been just the closest of friends, you know, our, our entire lives. Um, he called me a few years ago because his, I can't remember if his older, one of his sons was getting married and he was going to be asked to speak at the wedding. Oh. And, and he speaks with a stutter. Okay. And yeah. he called me and he said, he said, he said, this is one of the many moments in my life that I wish I was Chris White. And wow. he said, I've got to speak wow. at this event. He said, do you have any advice for me? Wow. And I said, I said, Todd, I have, I have two pieces of advice. Mm. I said, first and foremost, do not try to be Chris White, just be Todd Rich. His, his yeah. name is obviously I'm, I'm now, to, and I'll, I'll have to share this with him. But I said, I said, number two, 
just speak from your heart. Mm. Like, like what just don't, you don't have to worry about the words. Yeah. If yeah. you just listen to what's in your heart and speak, speak what's in your heart. Now this is going a little bit beyond a sales conversation, right? Yeah. But he called me the week after the wedding and he was like, I don't know how I did it, but he said, you told me exactly what I needed to hear. And I stood up and I gave the speech of my life and, you know, and, and he's like, I'm not even sure I stuttered, you know? So. But the fact he didn't know is awesome because that means he did what you said. He took his eyes off himself and he put them on, on his audience, right. On he focused on his heart and what he was really trying to accomplish. So that's really powerful. Wow. man, that's a moving story that, that, because I would be super nervous in those situations, like where it's a personal thing. Like I had to a, do a eulogy at a funeral recently. And mm. I was like, man, uh, yeah, it's cause you don't want to blow that or you don't want to, and it's just, but it's so easy to make it about you. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Versus make it about whoever you're honoring or, yeah. or whatever the, or the customer. It's just, it's such a gravitational pull, which goes back to prepare. Like that's where we got to make the decision mm. that it is not about us. It's about them. And that is so basic, but it's so rare. Focus. Yeah. When, when we talk about preparing, you know, like there's, I, I said, there's three categories of mistakes, right? There's under preparing, right? Yeah. We're just, we're just going to show up and wing it. Right. Yeah. Oh, it'll work there's, out. Right. There's over preparing. What do I mean by over preparing? 75 slides for a 30 minute conversation. Right. 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 And there's focus. Are we focusing on us or are we focusing on them? But if I, if I may, guys, I'd love to go back to Tab's question because his question was around presentations and delivery. Can yep. it be learned? There's yep. actually one other thing that I'd love to share. On yeah, that. So be authentic and in yourself. That's one. Be, be, authentic, yeah, be authentically yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, shift the focus from yourself to them. Yeah. Right. The other thing that came to mind for me, Tab, is, and it it took me a while to articulate this. One of the things that makes for an ineffective presentation is the, um, and, you know, and sort of all the filler words, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And, and I've had a lot of people ask me, how do I get rid of the filler words? And I, and I turn it around on them and, and I said, well, well, what is it that causes the filler words? And I finally have an answer. The mouth gets in front of the brain. Yeah. You wanna, you wanna stop having, you wanna stop with the ums and the ahs, put the mouth behind the brain in order. And Think let through the, what you're going to say, let the brain, let the brain discover the word before the mouth has permission to use it. Yeah. I love it. That's love true. It. Yeah. That's, I think, I think this is really important to say too, at this stage, because a lot of people are hearing this go, yeah, I get it, but I can't do it. Or it's hard, or I have a lot of fear associated with this. And I just want to encourage people that I, I'm in the speaking business, basically, right? I mean, I got when I before this business, I would not be able to sleep for three weeks if I had to talk to ten eighth graders. <laughs> that, that is the that is the, that is the truth. I mean, I remember I had a little little talk to the 
10 eighth graders, I didn't even know. And I couldn't sleep for weeks because I was so nervous about it. So there is a truth or, or maybe to speak, you can, Chris, you can speak to this tab. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too. There is a, a process of getting over this. Like, like what you just said about letting your brain lead and then let your mouth follow. The reason we don't probably do that is because we're, we're nervous mm-hmm. yeah. and we're just uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. there is a process that we need to go through of putting ourselves out there and being uncomfortable. Cause that's one of the reasons we don't change is because now we're going to be uncomfortable. Like if I do my 34 slides and I say the same thing every time mm-hmm. I'm going to be comfortable. It won't go well, but I'm going to be comfortable. And if you, I'm going to start applying this, I probably going to fail a little bit. And so should I just be cool with that and just embrace that and just be okay with that and just know that, or is there any ways to shortcut that? I mean, I, a couple of thoughts come to mind. I think, I think the first one and probably the most significant one is let, let's think about why do people get nervous? Mm-hmm. Okay. The, I think it's because they're they're afraid of what people are thinking about them when they stumble on their words. Yes. And the tr- again, the truth is if we're authentic and if we're sincerely and we demonstrate clearly that we're sincerely there for them, for their mm-hmm. benefit, and we're we're making every attempt to communicate for their benefit, they give us the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. They can tell that we're authentic. Yeah. I've also found that I will actually, it helps me if I'm super nervous because it's so much writing on a presentation, which is funny. I get more nervous when I'm doing it for someone else. Mm. Like, uh, you know, one of our key people brings me in and says, win this deal for me. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to blow it for (laughs) for John. I'm here for John. I don't want to blow it. If I blow this, I'm blowing this for John. You know, that that's where I feel but I'll say sometimes when I get that, I start to feel those flutters is I'll just come out in the meeting and say, look, my goal today is to help you make the best decision. And I'm going to share what we've learned from other companies. They're, they're on the same journey. My goal today is to share what I've learned about this and what the best practices are of those people that have solved this problem that are similar to you. It's not to win. It's not to win your business. I want your business, but that's not my goal today because I'm going to be... I'll, I'll probably have a better shot at you working with me if I just tell you what I know about this. And so I'll say something along those lines and my nervousness goes away. And now, I feel like I, they kind of relax. Yeah. Can I share a bit of an aha moment with you? Yeah. yeah. That feeling that you just mentioned, that the, the pressure of having to, to present on somebody else's deal. Yeah. That is precisely the world that the sales engineer lives in. That's what Yeah, that's true. That is what we do. We are brought in by the account executive to give the demonstration that they are counting on to close the deal. Mm, That is precisely where we live. Yeah. And I probably play more the role of sales engineer. Because you're the expert. In in the Aslan world. So I feel that. Yeah. 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 That's really good. Yeah. And I, 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 I agree with you. I, I think the, I'm just talking about, I can just only share my experience. Yeah. It's either that which is huge, or I didn't prepare properly. Mm. For you, that's, that's why I'm for nervous. You. For you. Absolutely. For me. Like I, I see, I'm, I, I feel pretty, usually feel pretty comfortable speaking, which can be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I can be like, Oh, this will be great. I'll love it. I'll just make them happy. I'll make them, I'll make them laugh a little. This is going to be awesome. I'll start, I'll share these three stories. They'll love it. Right, right, and then right. I get in front of people that just sit there and stare at me. And if I hadn't prepared <laughs> right. for the seven engineers that are on the front row, 
And I'm like, oh gosh, this isn't working, you know, versus yeah. going prepare for your worst case scenario. So yeah. I think they're both, both sides. Cause Tom, and I know you're like that. Cause you and I, in the early days, remember we used to spend a lot of time on that. You know, we'd, yeah. we'd, I knew you would be very nervous there. And so, you know, yeah, you need tab to would help that. me. I'm more of an over-preparer, but I do think there's people that have more of a, almost like a phobia that, mm. that just rational, just knowing like, like people have claustrophobic, you can't just say, look, there's no, you know, you can't logically solve the claustrophobia. Yeah. Problem. Yeah. Right. And so people have a real phobia about standing. Yeah. So their body takes over. Yeah. And so for people that at that level of fear, they actually just have to keep doing it and starting small and pushing themselves. Cause then eventually they'll get comfortable in this sort of awkward yeah. stage but I, I love if, what you talked about if that. i may there's a there's one other quick thing that i've heard in that context i heard this gentleman said this years ago he said you know somebody asked him do you ever get do you ever get nervous before you speak and and similar to kelly i mean i've spoken at you know audience of 500 plus and and this individual said well let, let me ask you what what are the physical manifestations of of nerves and mm -hmm. and being nervous right sweaty palms you, you sort of get that that's you know that 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 feeling in your stomach your, your heart rate starts to beat a little bit higher what is the what is the physical manifestation of being excited sweaty palms you get that feeling in your stomach your heartbeat <laughs> starts faster right so so you can make the mental shift am i nervous or am i excited uh, right again yeah, it's yeah. it's just the way in which we interpret interpret it differently put it put it you know, leverage that to be a positive thing not a negative thing exactly yeah i got one other i gotta talk to you about this one topic that was mentioned in the book because i've i've i uh when i read it i'm like oh this is brilliant because i've i've had this question asked to me I don't know how many times when I'm leading a workshop or working with sellers, uh, it's when people ask questions that are mm. way off topic mm. and how do I, and some people just have a sort of a natural talent of knowing how to work a room or navigate this sort of awkward situation where somebody asks you a weird question or way off topic. And they just kind of charmingly know how to do that, but you've yeah. provided a model for how do you respond to questions that you're asked. And so I'd, I'd love for you to explain the four types of questions, the 4D response, I guess is what you called it, the 4D yeah. response to yeah. the types of questions that you get. I would love to learn about that because I'm, yeah. I'm like a pencil in hand and I want to write down what you tell me. Yeah. I'm, I'm delighted to. And, and if I may allow me to preface it with, I, I say, I said this in the book, I say this in the workshops. I actually believe that the way in which we respond to questions may actually make or break the deal. Wow. Period. That's powerful. Why? Why? That's we so know true. what we're coming in with, mm -hmm. right? Like we know what we have to, question is, is what are they throwing at us? Right. 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 Mm -hmm. And, and, more importantly, when they ask a question, right, they, they have a reasonably good idea that you may or may not have prepared for that. So they're getting you at your most authentic, right? Um, like they're getting you so at good. your most pure. That's so right? good. Which is so, so, so why it's so important to speak the truth, which could be, I don't know. Exactly. Or exactly. no, we can't. So, so let me touch on, on the four right. D's. I, I know we're, we're nearing the end of our time together. Um, I actually, particularly for the difficult questions, I encourage people just 
assess the question in, in two ways. Number one, assess the individual asking the question in terms of their importance to the deal. Are they, are they a key decision maker or are they Bob from down the hall who heard that, you know, hey, some technology company was in town to give a demo or stood up a Zoom and I don't have right. anything better to do. So I'll just come and right. join the meeting, right? They're not a key that, influencer. or decision. They're not a key influencer, number one. Okay. Number two, assess the, the question in terms of is it in scope? Ideally, we've, we've begun our, our, our meeting by setting some context, right? Mm-hmm. This, is, this is our expectations, that's what we hear. And if you, if you think about that in, a, in an XY matrix, therein lies four quadrants. Mm-hmm. Quadrant number one is question, and it's not a finite model, there's gray area, but question, quadrant number one is questions asked by a non-key player that's out of scope. Okay. The mistake that we make here is we spend 10 minutes answering that question to everyone's dismay. <laughs> right. Oh, I've done that. <laughs> that hurts a little bit. Oh, You're like, boy. boy, why so... is Ted, why did he take the bait on that one? <laughs> exactly. I love that. <laughs> That's yeah, it's really like good. So, figure, so they, yeah, well, what about the, the instructional design process that was built? Yeah, right. And then uh, 10 minutes to every, everyone. And even, he, even his and her colleagues are thinking for crying out loud, Bob, like really. And sometimes right they'll now? say it like, yep. Bob, shut it. Well, now, what do you so, do? So, so, and some people are a little uncomfortable with this and I can appreciate why, but as, as quickly and politely as possible, I dismiss those questions. Gee, Bob, interesting question. Not sure that was something we were planning to talk about. And then I'll turn it back to the group. Folks, is this something we should spend some time, you know, talking uh, about? So really, there you, you, go. Get, you get the group to kill the question. Exactly. Right. That's or the, great. Typically, or the main, the main person, right, the leader, you know, is more likely going to turn to boss and say, Bob, we don't have time for that. Now, if the, if the leader says- Because people well, won't actually, interrupt you. Like, like but, it just interrupted way, you. Right? So, <laughs> by the way, so, so if the leader says, well, actually, Chris, you know, Bob brings up a good point. Like, this, this is something that we should- Now, now it comes a, from the- uh, Now it's in a different quadrant. That's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Right? That's beautiful. Like, different, different- Okay, so Bob, same, same person asks a question, maybe it's, it, and it's in scope, but maybe it's just, it's not particularly well-timed. And to go there right now is really going to throw us all off of our, I will just politely defer that question. Bob, great question. Really glad you asked. You know, if I could trouble you to hold that for just a minute, I, I am sure I'll cover that. But Got keep it. me honest, if, if I don't cover that to everyone's satisfaction, let, okay. let's, let's come so back. So the first right? is dismiss, the other one's defer. First is dismiss, second is defer. Quadrant three is what I call the, the quadrant of challenge. Key decision maker asks a question out of scope. Uh-huh. This sounds like a new requirement. The mistake we make here is we try to BS our way through an answer uh-huh. completely and totally unprepared, mm-hmm. right? Yes. I get this. I get this question. I fall back into discovery. Oh, Mike, good. Glad you asked. I don't know if that's come up until. Could I trouble you to elaborate on mm-hmm. on you know the importance and significance of that compared to some of the other things we've talked about? That's right? great. That's great. That's really good. That's because if you don't do that, you're in trouble. You're you're yeah, yeah. You start making stuff up. You start just sound like an idiot. I'm not, I've never done that. I've never done that as a doctor. I was but. meeting with Turner Network early in the days of Aslan Tab. <laughs> and I walk in on topic is sales training. 
Off topic is customer service training, which I don't offer. Oh. She asked the decision maker quadrant three, she goes, do you provide customer service training? Instead of saying, uh, why do you ask? Look, tell me it wasn't what we were talked about. We talked about, we we're going to do inside sales training, blah, 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 blah. Why do you ask? I, I launched into, <laughs> I tried to make up a customer service training business. <laughs> in the meeting yeah that's easy to do <laughs> what are your four modules well serve and love and hug and i got one other one i don't know what it is right it's now. definitely a verb <laughs> and like and what's funny about I that is it. the fire alarm goes off and we it saves me but but i, I the damage was done <laughs> All right. Well, and, and here's the here's the best thing too, right? Oftentimes, like you'll you'll do some discussion. You'll say, "Could I trouble you to elaborate?" They're like, "Actually, you know, never mind. It's okay. I, I was just curious, right?" Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. right. Oh man, I did not have a good answer, yeah. right? So yeah. I completely dodged the bullet. All right. Quadrant number four. Same key person. Mary asks a question mm -hmm. in scope. The mistake that we make. Maybe Mary's question is not particularly well-timed according to my planned agenda, mm -hmm. right? And to, to go there now is going to take me off of my flow, right? right? The it's mistake slide, that we make- slide eight and you're on slide exactly. two. We make the mistake of defer, you know, Mary, could I trouble you to hold that question? What have we just done? We've told the most important person that our agenda is more important than her question. Bad, right? bad strategy. By the way, this may be the only thing she cares about and she has to leave in five minutes, right? We get this question key from the key player, key decision maker in scope. We direct all of our attention to that question right now and answer it to his or her full satisfaction. Brilliant. So some questions Brilliant. I dismiss. Politely, yeah, some that's questions really defer, good. Some questions deserve some discovery. Some questions deserve our direct attention right now. Oh, I, that's I think we that's a perfect finish for us, Tom. That um, that was that's worth the fifteen ninety nine right there, or fourteen ninety nine, yep. whatever it is. That, that is the that's Kindle brilliant. version. Of course, that's the Kindle version. I think, but that that is uh, that is such a great model. Uh, and I've been doing this for over twenty five years, and I I learned how to do that today. So yep. guys, this, this guy, this man right here, uh, Dr. Chris White, <laughs> associate we're all just going to be doc. Let's do, let's go, let's move down another round. I'm offending Maybe all the PhDs magician. in the audience. Yeah. I don't know if PhDs listen to our show, Tab. <laughs> no, they don't. They probably they don't. They probably they have quit. offended no one. <laughs> so anyway, Chris, uh, thank you so much. This was guys. fantastic. That, thank you. Great. It's been this a pleasure. And of course, thank you for all you all you do and all you've done. It's it's really made li literally all the difference in my life and my career. So thank you. Man, we love having you on the team. Love learning from you. Love partnering with you. So thanks for joining us, giving us your time. And that's another wrap tab of, uh, of uh, the, the latest episode of Sales with Aslan. If you guys find this helpful, please give us comments, likes, give us feedback. It uh, helps us improve and also lets us know that what we're doing is important. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.